Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Get a Life Podcast, Kunai. I am your host. I'm finally a host. I am your host, Joe, and I am accompanied by my good friend, Bish. Hey, what's up? And my even better friend, Kevin. Hey, guys. And thanks, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) He kids, he kids, obviously. Yeah, I'm not the only one who can make jokes here. (laughs) And today we are covering Yamada-kun and the Seven Witches. But before we say anything else, Kevin? Alright, so as usual, for you new folks, Get Alive Podcast Kunai is a monthly anime discussion podcast under the Get Alive group. Unfortunately, due to the nature of the discussion on the podcast, we can't avoid spoilers, right? We can't. So if you haven't seen Yamada-kun yet, go watch it and then come back and listen to the show, alright? Uh, for the shows that are based off of an existing piece of work, whether it's a manga, light novel, or some other media form, we aren't covering the source material for those. We're just covering the show. Uh, it can be found on Stitcher, iTunes Store, and Google Play. If you'd like to recommend us uh, a show uh, to make for an episode of Kunai, send us your suggestion on Twitter at GALPKUNAI or by email at galp.pa at gmail.com. We only ask that you suggest shows that have, at most, 30 episodes. Also, if you like the stuff we do here, you can support us uh, by going to lootcrate.com slash kunai and checking them out. Uh, Alright, so for those of you who don't know about this show, basically Yamada-kun The Seven Witches, also known as Yamada-kun to Nananin no Majo, is a super supernatural romantic comedy based on the popular manga written and illustrated by Miki Yoshikawa. The anime, which has produced my lead in films and directed by Seiki Takuno, ran during the spring 2014 season for a total of 12 episodes. The story follows Ryu Yamada, a problem child attending Suzaku Private High School, and his faithful faithful encounter with an honor student who turns out to be a witch. And suddenly, after suddenly switching bodies with each other in a serious accident, they soon realize that something is amiss at this private academy. And with that, let's go to our first impressions. So, who would like to start? Um, yeah, I would like to start. In terms of the first impressions, I once again, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know about this anime at all. Um, yeah, and until kind of Joe kind of told me about it. So I watched it. I kind of, from the first couple of minutes, I kind of went felt that there was a sort of Freaky Friday feeling going on. You know, when, when the characters swap bodies, I thought, okay, is this... The anime is just going to be them swapping bodies and living their lives. But it was a lot more complex than that. And it kind of drew me in. I wanted to know what was... Why Why did they switch bodies and why why they have powers? That's very intriguing to me. So, to me, I didn't go into this thinking it would be supernatural. I, you know, I thought witches, but I expected more like Harry Potter type thing. Especially, you know, how the animes cover and the OP have them wearing or witches they have hats and witch stuff. Hats. Yeah, so I assumed that going into it, but I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, so just like Bish, uh, I actually came into this blind. The only like thing that I knew beforehand about uh, Yamadakun was purely through um, stuff on my TL, so just fan art and stuff. I came into it blind, alright, and um, to be honest, I didn't know what to expect. And from the first five minutes, you're probably like, oh yeah, five minutes, that's, enough to ju- that's not enough to judge an anime, right? But uh, what I do... Uh, a habit of mine, at least, when I first watch an anime, is that I spend the first few minutes looking at, you know, how it's presented. I try to ad- identify cliches or tropes, right? And for the first five minutes of the show, I was like, all right, let's see. So, Protag, who is he? Yamada-kun. He's this delinquent. That's kind of a 
kind of a trope, you know, reminds me of um, Haganah, you know, it's kind of this trope that uh, reoccurs in many anime series, right? And after uh, he falls onto this random girl that he meets, right? Shiraishi. Huh, that's super convenient, and they kiss, right? But then something unexpected happens, and that's when they switch bodies. I'm just like, wait, wait, what the fuck happened, right? So from this point on, uh, you're suddenly introduced to the premise, right? And you're just as confused as Yamada-kun, because you don't know what the fuck just happened. You don't know why it happened. It just happened, right? So that was really interesting, right? Uh, although I do admit that, you know, it's not something completely original. Uh, as you know, Camphor, uh, it's another anime where um, that has a similar premise. Though in Camphor, the protagonist, if I'm not mistaken, he actually turns into a girl. So it's, it's a bit different, but kind of the same at the same time, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the premise, it got me intrigued, right? It's not completely original, but it was enough to get me hooked, right? Uh, and to come to think of it, it's perfect for... Um, a harem anime, right? Which I would argue this is very much. And uh, in the first episode, after that f first five minutes of skepticism, you know, where I was like, is this just going to be a cliche-ridden anime? Uh, I have to admit that I was pleasantly surprised because uh, of the way the comedy is handled, right? And the, just the interactions between Yamada-kun and Shiraishi, you know, both in their normal bodies and after they switch bodies really reminds me of Haganai, right? And other uh, comedy anime that I quite like. So... You know, by the first episode, I was already laughing out loud, and that's a good thing. So, right off the bat, I have to say that the first episode impressed me. Joe? Uh, well, first I want to ask, would you say you um, joined the House of Yamada? Yeah, he, he's kind of like um, Yunarukami, but he's not that much of a pimp, you know. <laughs> what? He's almost Yunarukami? there, but not quite. Alright. Because yeah. he, he's like the god-tier pimp, right? Like... He has girls left and right. Uh, Yamada, he has a lot of people trying to go for him, but uh, it's clear that he has his eyes for Shinaishi, right? So he's not really uh, wandering, unlike you. <laughs> okay, so I actually had, s had some exposure to the manga before I watched the show. Um, I read the first I read the first couple chapters or so. Like, you know, this is really good. And for some reason, maybe it's because of school or some other events, but... I can't really remember. I just ended up putting the manga on hiatus, and then when, and then around that time, I heard that an anime was being made. So I'm like, you know, it should be much easier to experience the story that way. And so I gave it a watch, and then I was just like, I was instantly hooked. Well, I kind of knew what was gonna happen at the beginning, but then when I started seeing the new content, the content that I didn't see in the manga, I like it just felt really, this felt really nice watching it. Like it was really funny. Like it was very like. I thought it was just gonna be them switching bodies, like kind of like what you said, Kevin, and what you said, Bish. But they ended up making something much more complex and something more, something deeper. It's like they didn't just make this overarching, make this huge plot about um them switching bodies and doing these different things. They actually had more people, had more witches with powers, and they had a deeper story behind it, like why do these girls get these powers? And it's like they look into their past and such and stuff like that. It's just it went together pretty well, in my opinion. Uh, to comment on that, actually, uh, now that you bring it up, Joe and Bish, um, I agree, but disagree at the same time. And I'll tell you why. It's kind of weird. But, um, so, it's true that it's not just uh, Yamada and Shiraishi constantly switching back and forth through bodies, right? It's not that repetitive. But at the same time, 
it also is kind of repetitive, uh, the way the plot is structured, at least. Uh, and this is past the first few episodes, mind you. Well, I mean, I, so, um, I will admit that they do use it, like, a lot more than I expected them to. But I, I kind of like how they had those little unique spins. Like, they actually, they use this buy switching mechanic to, like, incorporate another story plot, story plot line. So that's kind of... Yeah, I kind of agree with... I kind of agree with you, Joe. Like, I, I liked how they used it in a very smart way to kind of help the story move along. Like, it wasn't, oh, let's just switch bodies because we can. Like, they used it to their advantage, and I think it worked. Yeah. Um, what I meant was, like, between Yamada and Shiraishi and Yamada and the other witches, I do find that their interactions are interesting, right? It's not always the same thing that's rehashed over and over. Uh, what I mean is the way that the plot is structured, right? So, uh, episode one, he meets Shiraishi, right? First witch. Second episode, he meets another character. And after uh, after that episode, basically, uh, I describe the, the, the format of the show as one episode, one witch, up until, like, episode, I think, 10. So there's nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, it's nice to, to know what's going to happen, but it does get kind of repetitive once you get to, like, the, the fifth witch, right? Because right. it's But you got to admit, though, the, same this, thing. the unique spin they had with the sixth and seventh was actually, was actually yeah, very nice no, to see. That, that I completely agree with. Actually... Uh, the last few episodes, it blew me out of the water, right? Because it was not like that same, uh, like formula if you will that they used for much of the middle of the show right like those last couple episodes were like it was just me sitting from my tv and like i want to know what happens next like you've got me hmm. really intrigued and i'm actually really glad wait joe did you watch this simcast or did you watch it uh you binge it hmm? um i watched i watched the simulcast simulcast for a time but then i had i had school stuff to do so i had to wait until sometime later to finish it yeah, I'm just glad that um, I wasn't watching the Simcast because I would not be able to handle fucking waiting the last like three episodes, right? Well, grant, well, granted, last... like I didn't actually watch it like one episode a week. I was behind at times, so like some uh, days I'd watch it, watch like three episodes. So something like that. Um, speaking of speaking of um other episodes, well, speaking of different kinds of episodes. I want to move on to your the favorite episodes and moments. Maybe like what you guys think was your favorite moments. What you guys think your favorite episode was. Like what you liked the most in each episode, stuff like that. So who would like to start? Yeah, I'll, I'll go again. Uh, you know, um, in terms of my favorite episodes and moments, I really liked the kind of first couple of episodes when you get the the main four people that you see majority of the time in anime you know you get Ito-chan you get I can't remember the rest of their names but um you get the protag and then you get the female protag as well um what I liked about that it, it kind of felt very hug and I do you know what I mean like oh these oh, you mean like how they were in the together. room when they were just playing video games yeah it, it kind of felt like that because it was like you're bringing these people together through the powers through the witches and they have a common goal their goal is to you know find all of the witches they don't know why but they're just doing it as kind of like a, a friendship building exercise in a way that's how i felt it um so i like those episodes in terms of moments that i really liked oh i don't know i really like the uh, the fight scenes i really do like the fight <laughs> they're, they're just too good um in, in, the, in I, a supernatural romantic comedy my favorite part was the fight 
yeah. Or the fights. It's there's something about it. It's because you don't expect it. That's one thing. It's just like, whoa, this wasn't expected. I kind of like. He was just suddenly it's gets all... violent in like a very in a very soft moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's well, it's like, also wait, the wait, fact you... that the atmosphere. Just... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but. When you say fight, yeah. are you referring to like the sudden moments of violence, or like just like fist fights and stuff? Yeah, I'm 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 referring to the moments of violence, the punching, the kicking, etc. Because um, you know, because we hear that you know Yamada is a delinquent, quote unquote, right. and we don't really yeah, get to like, see like, that cool, until cool. you know he starts punching people up, and the music that goes on is like that kind of. Oh, heavy metal kind of Dynasty Warriors music yep. gets me pumped. I'm like, fuck <laughs> yeah! So I I really enjoyed that. I think the the funny part about those fight as well is that he doesn't always fight because for those who didn't know, um, it's Yamada that does like ninety percent of the fighting, right? But the thing is, he doesn't always fight in his own body. He'd switch with other people, right? So like, uh, and I think in the first like three episodes, uh, he switches with Shadishi, fights in that body, and then switches with the Ito, fights in that body as well, and he's just kicking ass left and right, right? But as right. different people. Well, apparently, right? like when you switch bodies, your strength switches with it. Hmm. Because like if you like if you remember that fight, um, like remember when Ito was supposed to meet with those three guys to, like, yeah. to pay up for the <laughs> fake art- artifact she got. Yeah, it's like you see like you Ito and Yamada's body just laying on the ground dead, and then you see Yamada and Ito's body just beating the crap out of everyone. Yeah, she was like, "Fuck! I thought that I'd beat them up because just because I'm in Yamada's body, right?" And he's like, "That's not how it works. You Damn need, it! <laughs> it isn't about strength. You need spirits. It's about your skills." It, MLG skills. One thing that I, I kind of found kind of confusing when I first saw that, I was like, okay, this is kind of a supernatural show. They can get away with saying, oh, it's it's magic. That's why, you know, the, the strength kind of moved from person to person as they switched. I just didn't, I didn't I, like well, that. Well, I think the joke's like, like what I said a few seconds ago, like he was saying, it isn't about strength. It's also about spirit. That's true. But when you think about it logically, it's like that shouldn't have happened. They should have at least explained that a bit more. Uh, and I kind of just threw logic out of the window. That's true, but I understand. I understand why they could say that because obviously it's a supernatural show. They can just say, "Oh, magic." That's the reasoning behind it. But I think that's, to me, that's kind of like a poor reason. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's kind yeah. of like writing a story and saying, "Oh, guys, it was all a dream." Do you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of that kind of moment that I yeah, get that... from that. It just that's didn't seem like a good enough reason for me, yeah. but. Even you in can't, I can't do show. anything about it because technically it's it's a good reason. Yeah. Hmm. So, Any other moments that come to mind? Um, or no, not really. I that's all I had to say about my favorite moments. All right. So I actually do want to say my favorite moments because there's something I really want to talk about. Um, it's actually it's actually I don't really have favorite moments. I have this my favorite episode. Um, it's episode eight. You're titled you're so annoying it's the episode when we see um takigawa for the first time and as you guys know she has the ability to um well it it's implied that she has the ability to see into the past but in reality she has the ability to see traumatic pasts and so like it wasn't really until like the second half of the episode when i felt i started to feel really bad for her and like the the three students that she was trying to help it's like it's like she started out really rude and then it's like once they started talking, like once, once she gave Yamada her power, like when he started dreaming about the traumatic event she had, like, you just see how much pain she's going through, and you kind of just can't help but feel bad for her because it's like she's trying, she's fighting so that 
these three students aren't left alone and that they aren't like feeling any more pain. And then like around the end when he when he ends up getting into that fist fight with one of the students, so I'm like it was uh Ren Asano, I think his name was. Um he ends up like he ends up punching him all, all all of a sudden and claiming that he's trying to um he's trying to hurt trying to hurt Takagawa in some way. And then Yamada just drops some hope bullets, like some truth bullets there. And um, he's just like, you know what, like if you guys want to make Takagawa feel better, then you guys should stop acting like this. Yeah, like, I I completely agree with what you just said, Joe. Like, at the beginning, I was like, you know what, this little girl, she's she's kind of a fucking bitch. Alright, I'm not gonna lie. She Like, the one word I'd use to describe her behavior, and I think you'd agree with me here, that she's a brat, okay? She acts so freaking bratty and, like, fucking uptight, you know, like, holier than thou. Um, she has this really bad attitude going on for, like, the fir- like the majority of the episode, right? I wouldn't even say it's half the episode. That's it from the majority. And I didn't really start feeling bad for her until, you know, the very end when you you learn uh, her relationship with these three students and why she does what she does, right? She doesn't want to, uh, you know, get... Uh, the club kicked out or you know expelled from the school because you know she feels like it she's doing it because uh, she wants to help these three other students right and literally in my notes i'm like you know what? this episode it hurts so bad but it hurts so good you know it's one of those right those it's feely a, moments. No, like it, it, it felt really good <laughs> and like it, it kind of goes back to vicious point about sphere moments being the moments of violence it's like when yamada like he ended up getting punched then yamada got so pissed at him about like how like how basically Ren was trying to defend um, Takigawa for the wrong reason. And so he ended up kicking him, like, straight in the face and knocked him onto the ground. That just felt... Like, I got out of my seat and I was just like, yeah! I was like, you show that, man. So, yeah, that was ba- those are basically my favorite moments. Um, Kevin? Yeah, so, I obviously, if you didn't... You can already tell episode 8 is also one of my favorite moments. Other than that, like I said, uh, episode 10 onwards, basically the, the last arc, you know, where they mix things up and it's no longer just one episode, one witch, and they mix things up and Yamada has to, you know, work and try to get everyone's memories back. That's very... I really like that because it's a, it's a nice twist on things. It's You don't know what to expect. Even though you know that he's going to succeed in the end, right? Because this isn't Game of Thrones. Uh, you know he's going to succeed in the end, but you're like... How is he going to do it, right? Who is he going to uh, connect with? Just how is he going to get Chiraishi to remember him, right? So the way that the plot works and the way the characters interact with each other is a lot different compared to the rest of the anime, so I really like that. Uh, other than that, uh, episode 6, I think, deserves a mention just because it's kind of like a swimsuit episode, right? And <laughs> it was partially a swimsuit episode with the summer school. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that, it's not like, it doesn't quite uh, touch or feels like episode 8, or it doesn't get any, you know, brownie points for, uh, you know, quote-unquote innovating like the last few episodes uh, from episode 10 onwards, but I just liked it simply because it was funny, right? Because uh, there's there are two moments in that episode in uh, particular that uh, come to mind, and you know, it's when that, when he comes back in the room, right, and they're fucking playing a Jenga game, right, Itu, and um, I think it's... You do another guy, right? They're playing a Jenga game, right? And there's that epic no moment, right? Because the entire thing comes crashing down. Oh, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, I don't know, it's just something about over-the-top reactions that uh, kind of tickle my funny bone. And there's also um, that moment 
You know when uh, he gets um, telepathy, right? Because that's the power of the witch, right? Telepathy. Oh my god, and I'm talking about... right there. Yeah, and he's just like, Opai. 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 Okay. <laughs> he's just fucking saying that while he's doing the test. I died. I was like, you know what? You know, something... <laughs> that's Joe right there. That's, that, you know, you know what? That's, that, that's me. Like, that's me every single day. It's like, if you see me in, like, my college classes, or, like, if you just see me walking around campus, like, I'm just... While, while I'm writing down what, my notes, What is I'm Joe just, thinking like, of right now? It's like, opai. while I'm writing my notes, just like, Opai. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I, th- I actually also want to mention with the telepathy. I think like, I really liked how Otsuka had like oh, Otsuka had that shy personality on the outside, and on the inside, she's like a total like she's totally aggressive. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Although I have to take the opposite stance. I, I mean, I don't mind it, but I find it's kind of I- I've seen that before, you know. Because um, I don't know if you've I don't know if. Uh, either Bish or you have seen um, or heard of you know, uh, Rosario to Vampire? Have you heard of it? Okay, because Mocha, uh, who is the main, one of the main characters, she's exactly like that, right? She has like this split personality, whereas uh, when she has her Rosario on, she's nice and kind and sweet. When she takes it off, she's all like, you know, imposing and big and stuff, right? So it's like, I'm not, I'm not putting it against this character. It's just, I've seen it before and... Even the way they, they handled it, right? I didn't find it particularly funny. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was more like... It was less about like it being interesting to me. It was more like t- taking me back by surprise. It's like I saw it and then like, she's so shy on the outside. I thought she'd be shy on the inside. But on the inside, she's actually like very... Like she's very like demanding, very aggressive. So like, I'm like, you know, that like it's just something I didn't see coming. Is all. I think maybe it's because I haven't seen it much before. But that's the situation for me. Right, um actually like now that we're talking about all these different parts of the story, I think it's I think it's about time we move to our story segment where we talk about the story overall. Like what do you guys think of the story overall and like Yeah. Could I start? Sure. Cause mine alright, so um this is related to once again the the pacing, the way that the plot is organized, right? Um so Bish mentioned earlier that uh, the way the characters were introduced uh, reminded him of, of Hagenai, right? And I completely agree there because uh, if I'm correctly in Haganai, uh, not everyone is introduced at once, right? It's not like, you know, uh, the first episode, they're all in the clubhouse and they're all friends and everything's good and, you know, merry. No, uh, just like in Haganai and I guess uh, in many other uh, anime of this genre, uh, the main characters are introduced bit by bit, right? You don't get, like, the full cast of all of the characters until uh, near, near the end, actually. Um, but... I do think that, you know, even though they introduce characters gradually and not everyone is there from day one, they do a very good job of creating this sense of togetherness within the main cast, right? You know, by episode two, you're introduced by, to Itu, and you already have this chemistry that's starting to form between the main characters. And that really carries through the entire anime, right? You don't feel that there's a missing person in the group uh, at any point in life. Yeah, opinion. like the home, like the Supernatural Studies Club just felt very, like, very much like like your second home you know what i mean it's kind of like you like every time they meet up there it's kind of like they're always having a good time they're always smiling and they're always somehow talking about yakisoba bread yeah so the point is they don't waste any time in getting you introduced to the core characters right um so that's really good because uh don't want to mention kiznaiver but i'm gonna go i'm going to mention kiznaiver it's that you know 
on the flip side, Kiss and Ivor has its entire cast at the beginning, but the interactions between the, those characters, I find, were rather um, shallow, right? They're not quite the same. You don't really feel for them. Whereas in this case, you don't have the entire cast at the beginning, but it makes up for it with uh, the meaningful interactions that the, these characters have yeah, like the, with each other. The character development in Yamada-kun was very... Um, how do I describe it? It was, it was very, like... It's a traditional type of progression. Yeah, it, it's very run of the mill. You know, you see this yeah. all the time for uh, and it, and it works. Right? It works in in a lot at a lot of in a lot of times. It <clears throat> it does work, but I kind of have to play the devil's advocate um, once more and be like, I do find that like I'd say three quarters of the way through there were some problems with the character development. Okay, because for the characters that were introduced at first, like Ito and the first few witches. Or are you talking nope. about how like maybe some had more time than there were other people who had less time? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Because the last few witches, um, except Takigawa, I think she's kind of an exception. But um, like uh, Otsuka, um, Leonora, even though she's not a witch, she's a character that's introduced later on. Um, those witches and those characters that introduced later on in the season, uh, they don't get much screen time, right? Th those witches, they get introduced and they're they're featured in the episode that they're in, right? When they're introduced. But after that, they kind of just disappear for a bit. Especially Otsuka, the one that, you know, is, has telepathy and it's really shy. She appears in her episode and then she just kind of disappears until she's needed in the finale, you know? So... Well, I mean, they I appeared know, a, just... like a couple times in, like, the episode. It's just that they didn't show her... They only showed her for, like, a few seconds. No, like... A... Like, no, I'm saying I'm, I completely agree with you. Like, I will, I totally agree that they should have spent more time with the witches. It's like, it's like it's one, it's one of my one of my few complaints about the show is that the pacing was just very quick. It's like they didn't like sometime like a lot of time the development was really good. Like for example, the beginning onward until like maybe like the middle, and then like after that, I kind of picked up in like the late like the the end the end game as I like to call it. Um. It's like it just could have been much better. Like I, I wanted to see more of like Atsuka. I wanted to see more of Saroshima, the um the girl, the witch who can predict the future. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think that if I had to, you know, rate the, I mean, quarters, if you will, I'd say that very strong start. Kind of went down in the second quarter. Third quarter, it got really weak because, uh, you know, these new witches were being thrown in, kind of last minute, in my opinion, and they didn't get much time to be featured either, right? So they're kind of there. They weren't, you didn't get to know them quite as well as uh, the characters that are introduced earlier on. But then the last core, the, not the last core, but the last few episodes, uh, I think were absolutely amazing, right? And I think they did, did a great job with the way they handled it. Yeah, like the the whole like arc with um, like them, with the seventh, like the final witch being the most dangerous one, like when, um, what was her name? When when Leona Miyamura uh, meet um, the... What's his name? I forget, I forget his first name. It was uh, it was um. I just call him Miyamura, and I think yeah. They, yeah I just call me. Well. I'll just call him Miyamura, and like his his sister Leona. Um, it's like he she warned Yamada straight up, like she's very dangerous, and like you're gonna be in danger. And it's like it just like if if put the suspense like inside me, it's like what's going to happen to him? Like what <laughs> yeah. is going to happen? Out of nowhere, to fucking scissor. You know? Oh my god, it's like, when you, Miyamura opens the door, scissors just cut his face, that's, I think it's the first time. No, just time. like fucking kunai style, you know, just fucking scissors out of nowhere, you know. Yeah, like, no, that was the Yamada first time in. I've actually seen blood in that show. Yeah. 
It's like you see that one like drop of blood hanging from his cheek, and that's about it. And he's just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> well, and then you see switches to the right, and that'd have been over. <laughs> and no, and then you see Yamada and Shiraishi's body just get locked inside her room, and she's just getting destroyed with scissors. Now that was oh my god. Uh, speaking of abilities, though, uh, Joe and Bish, I want your guys a comment on this because we kind of talked about it earlier, but we didn't really uh, explore it at length. Um, so, how, what you guys think about the way that um, the abilities were used? Because, like I said, uh, in the later half of the episode, um, the witches don't, the witches that are introduced later, do not get much screen time, right? But how do you think that their abilities um, are used? Uh, in, I mean, like, for the for the time they the story. for the time they had, um, it's like I, I do say it was well executed, but it wasn't enough time. Like I only saw it for one episode, and I was like, it was just done. Like there was so much potential in these abilities, and like I feel like they did use some of its potential, but they didn't use all of it. You know what I mean? It's like I wish they could have. I wish I could see more telepathy, or like I could have. Like I can't say the same thing about Saroshima because her future. Power plays a big role in two, like two or three full episodes. But um, everywhere else, it's like I just wish, like even with Takagawa, like she was one of my favorite. She had one of my favorite abilities in the show, and she could have used it much more than kind of like that one story arc. You know what I mean? It's like that's those are kind of my thoughts on the abilities. Um, Bish. In terms, in terms of the abilities, um, I would have to say that, yes, I agree with you, Joe, in terms that if there was more times, they could probably flesh out the abilities a bit more um, instead of just relying on the, on the switch, like the body swap. But at the same time, we have to remember that this is an anime adaptation, and if they go too far from the kind of source material, it might end up like the... Um, that like the live action version which actually w released before this and and so to be honest i do agree that there are some things that i think can be solved with different um abilities for example like um like a lot of telepathy like that's a very powerful thing to have a very powerful power and i think it was only to be used on like cheating on a test that seems like a waste of an ability honestly i'm just saying that um, yeah. <laughs> the same with the kind of with with the kind of future seeing into the future. That's a really awesome ability. We've seen it happen a lot more. Yeah, I think we that's seen like it happen a lot more. Which is used why... ability, I think, to be honest. Yeah, it's why I can't really complain about it because it had like a bigger role. Than but most I movies. honestly think that. Hmm. But to be honest, I think that all abilities should have had more screen time, other than the uh, traumatic one. I think that. That's in terms of that episode. I think it's great that they kept it short because there's not much you can work with in terms of seeing traumatic people's pasts in form of dreams. There's not much you can. I, work I guess with like there, the but... only thing I would want out of that was like to make it a two-parter so that I can have more time to see yeah, more time to see the past of like everyone. Oh but yeah, that, get, that would have been good. Guess, but like... in terms of using that power again, I don't think it's. But like it's for, what they, um, but for what they, for what they did, they did a good job with it. Yeah, continue. I also think that um, I wanted to see more of the invisibility powers being used. I wanted Yamada to use them. I just wanted to see Yamada using them. 
unfortunately we didn't get that um but yeah that's all i have to say in regards to the powers and how they work with the story right um and fish um you didn't actually say your like your impressions like what you think of the story overall like what are your opinions on that in terms of the story overall i think it it reminds me a lot of uh kind of monster of the week shows like, oh yeah, who's that Pokemon? We're going to catch this Pokemon this week and this Pokemon the next week. It kind of felt like that. Um, it Also, why it reminds me of um, uh, World God Only Knows. Because, effectively, that anime is about, oh, finding a girl, falling in love with that girl, and releasing demons from her. That's effectively what that anime is about, and each episode is a different girl, effectively. That anime can go on and work in that format because... You know, it, it just can. If you watch the anime, you'll understand. But this one doesn't quite work that way. And it, it did kind of felt wrong when they were kind of running out of of witches, effectively, to do that kind of one witch per episode type thing. So I have to admit, the pacing wasn't the best. And I think if they gave it a lot more time, it could have been better. Um, but at the same time, I don't want it to be like a 24 episode anime. I think that would be doing it a disservice because you'll be dragging out too many things. Um, but yeah, I think as a story, it's, I think it's, it kind of made me feel nostalgic in a way, um, because of, you know, well, God only knows, but other than that, it wasn't something that was like, oh wow, this is kind of amazing. It was an intriguing idea and I think they pulled it off, but I think it could have been better in how they executed it. Okay, um, I didn't actually say my opinions on the story, um, so overall, like, I'd say the story was, like, I do agree with you guys, it wasn't the greatest thing I've ever seen, but it wasn't, it was amusing, it wasn't exactly something I've seen before, it's like, it's like, I'd really like the concept of, like, oh, like, this private high school has these witches, and it's like, it, it didn't really, what I liked about it is that it didn't fit at all, like, let me explain. It's like you have this high school where there are people focusing on studies, like always focused on like doing all this work, and you have like the, the common delinquents, and suddenly, witches. It's like kind of just like, it's something so unexpected for a place of that nature. Yeah. And I, yet, like, it just, they made it work somehow. And then It does it. Yeah. Hmm? It really does. Yeah, I agree with you, because it's, like I said, it, it's kind of out of the blue, right? And... It's this thing that mixes things up, right? Because you've got this typical school setting, and all of a sudden you have this these powers that introduced, right? And it's interesting to see right. how these. It's a powers... very subtle introduction, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like these peop these girls suddenly have these witch powers, and then suddenly they can manipulate everything around them. It's it's really cool, and I did really enjoy the interactions with like all with, like, all the different characters, and, like, like I said, like, I kind of agree with Bish when he said it's kind of like Hog and I, where when everyone's in the Supernatural Studies Club, it kind of feels like a second home. They kind of just laugh and and chat, do all these different things. And so, like, overall, it was, it was, it was a fun ride. That's basically what I'm uh, saying. Okay, so now that we've got story moments out of the way, let's move on to characters. And I know Kevin has been dying for characters. No, no, a correction character, no plural. One specifically. But we'll we'll get on to that later, <laughs> oh. you know. That's yeah, later. no, oh my god. Kevin's ready. Kevin's got his bullet ready. Um, alright, so character design. What'd you guys think of character design? Oh, I find that the characters 
They look pretty unique, right? But it's nothing... I, I, I guess I have to comment on the art style as well with this. Um, they're nice, they're unique, but it's nothing new. I haven't... It's nothing that, you know, blows me out of the water, you know, that I'll remember. Now, the characters, they look uh, pretty normal, in my opinion. Nothing too much to say on that. I actually do want to connect this to art style as well. Um, you know, the art style really... Well, I don't know if maybe it's because I've also read the manga, but does am I the only person who thinks the art style reminds me a lot of Fairy Tale? Yes, completely agree with you, especially with the um, female protag. She reminds right. me of characters it's like, from Fairy Tale. When I see the character designs, I just can't help but think of all the character designs in Fairy Tale. It's like it's it's very I'm not that's not a bad thing at all. Like I love Fairy Tale's design. Like and and it and like how how they kinda how they chose the design for this the character design the art style for this show is nice as well. Um and also like the different character designs, like with um uh <clears throat> what was her name? Oh my god, I'm just blanking today. Um Otsuka. Like I really like I liked like the huge glasses and like her green hair and like with with Takigawa, with her like with her weird hairstyle, like it was kind of pointing out, and then it kind of pointed down in her forehead. It's like stuff like that, and with um with Sionji when she had the umbrella and she had the orange hair, and like she just looked very like. It's like she just looked very cute. It, I, it's like all these different designs, they just worked. I I really want to comment on the character design. I think the character design was. There's a lot of similar looking characters, especially with um, Osuka, uh, her name's Osaka. Um, with her, she reminded me of uh, Nikki from. I don't want to say this because people will know that I've been playing this game, but um, Honey Pop. I'm sorry. You know the you know the girl that plays in the arcades and Honey Pop. That's her. That's basically her. Uh, big glasses, <laughs> the hair, the, the way that she looks, and the way that she's quite shy. It's the same sort of personality as well. So when I saw that, I was like, "Dude, Honey Pop, man, this is it. It is." And I think if you've played Honey Pop, you'll know what I'm talking about. I also think that um, Rule Thirty Four, man, Rule Thirty Four. <laughs> But yeah, we'll tell you for. But uh, I think Sionji reminds me a lot of um, oh. Sionji reminds me a lot of the the character from Killer Kill, the one with the other spoiler alert, the the one with the other blade. It reminds me a lot of that. I don't know why. <laughs> also, kind of reminds me of Nico from Kiznaiva as well. She has that kind of vibe to her, in a way, because um, you know she's kind of ditzy and and whatnot. I also kind of, kind of, ah, oh, the character design, especially with characters with glasses, especially, you know, school president, that kind of stuff, reminded me of uh, Manglobe's anime, um, Wild God Only Knows, because they know how to do that kind of glare in terms of, you know, you know that kind of when they zoom in on the glasses and you get that glare and you see the eye for about a second? Manglobe knows how to do that really well, and I think also this studio knows how to do it really well, so I've noticed that on characters. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about like when they kind of push their glasses up and then you kind of have the, the huge, you have the shine. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I can't feel that like everyone who does an anime is a dick because I think of um, Kabuto from fucking Naruto. Every time he does that, you know, it's you're like, fuck you, man. You're, you're such a dick, right? No, no, no. Like, here's the thing. Like, every, every, a lot of characters I've seen that have done that have have been dicks i think it's like an inside joke in the industry who knows but it's a cool yeah, thing or like either that or it's kind of it's kind of supposed to represent how wise they are 
Maybe. And, yeah, other than that, I think the characters seemed very... Um, I wouldn't say generically designed. Like, some of them seemed kind of generic, you know, like uh, Aito and... I can't even remember the other characters, but with them, they seem very oddly designed. Also, the fact that each girl had a different hair color. I was like, okay, you, you're just making them obvious that this is a witch. She has a different hair color from everyone else. Everyone else in the anime, of course, has like brown hair or black hair. And everyone else gets like pink and green and blue and all sorts. Same sort of thing with um, Yamada-kun. It's like he, he has blue hair and they tend to give... Um, I don't know how to explain it. There's also Oshio who has like gray and black. And um, glasses. I like to make a counterpoint though. Like, I get that. Yeah, you do kind of make the the witches kind of obvious by making them have you know different hair colors because they stick out, right? But I think that's also kind of the point, right? I think that you can apply that to a lot of anime. Uh, going back to Kiznaiver here, because you know that's the most recent example. The main characters, uh, like we just said in that episode, they're really unique, right? They looked really cool and they had really like eye popping styles. And if you compare that to say the you know, just the people in the backdrop, you know, the random citizens of the city. In that anime, too, they're pretty generic. And I think it's the same case here. I don't think it's something that's limited to Yamada, necessarily. It's just a way... It's a, it's a design, de- uh, design decision uh, that's taken by, you know, the artists um, at Steel Leiden. Mm. I think there's some characters that look exactly the same, though. Uh, one being... Um, I really forgot his name, but you know the characters with the grey hair. They look really similar. To me... It, you mean like Miyamura, like, Ushio? Yeah, it's like you slapped, it's like you slapped glasses on a uh, Ushio, and then you get Miyamura. That's how it felt with me. Uh, I think they could have kind of changed how they looked in terms of their physical appearance, as opposed to just their facial appearances and their hair colors, because they've done it. They've shown us in this anime that there are varied uh, character styles, and that's it's kind of evident in uh, you know those girls that bullied. Uh, I forgot her name. Um, Shiraishi? Yeah, the the girls that bullied Shiraishi, one of them is kind of like more stocky appearance and other one's taller and, you know, they can do it in terms of body types as well. But I don't know why they didn't do that with the actual main cast as opposed to just the background characters. I, once again, though, I think that, you said it yourself earlier in this episode, Bish, uh, it's, you know, practicality versus staying faithful to the original work, right? Because this is an anime that is based off of a manga, right? So I think that right. it's... Yeah, I think we should take that into consideration yeah, as well. So like, with the manga, you don't really have, like, the colors standing out. Exactly. And, you know, like we saw in... um, Jeez, uh, what was that anime about uh, making anime? Anyways, in that, we saw that... The, Shirobako! You know, yeah, Shirobako. How sorry. could you forget Shirobako? The name was on the tip of my tongue. Anyways, we saw in that anime, right, that there is this you know unwritten code you really have you have to respect the the author of the original work right because you know, oh right it was in the second core when it's yeah. like we gotta make sure mm-hmm. yeah they have control over that right so yes you do want to make your anime special right you want to make you don't want it to be generic but at the same time uh you have to respect the the design decisions that were taken by the original creator right because at the end of the day you're just making an adaptation of their work very true um, you know, now that we're on the topic of like all these different characters and stuff, I think I think it's time we talked about our favorite and least favorite characters. It's like, what do you guys like, Kevin Biz? Like, what do you guys think were your favorite and least favorite characters? All right, uh, 
least favorite, I'm not too sure. I'll, I'll get back on that later. But favorite character, I think, uh, would be Takigamo, right? Um, and the reason being, it's just, I, I can sympathize with it, right? It's just that episode 8, I think, is probably the episode... It's the most feely episode in the anime, all right? And, oh my god, man. I was ready to cry. Yeah, seriously, I, I was too, right? It, it really touches you, right? And it, it's notable because... At the beginning, if you're anything like uh, Joe and I, you're like, wow, this girl, she's a bitch, right? Why is she acting like a brat? But by the end of the episode, you come to feel for her and you understand why she does what she does. And you're like, wow, this girl who, you know, was acting like a brat, like a bitch, who thinks nothing. It's kind of no, it's kind of like a parent. It's kind of like a parent taking care of their children. It's like mm -hmm. they're really aggressive, but they're doing it for the best of them. Like they don't they just don't want them to go into any trouble. It's just, you know, her her capacity for sympathy with others um the fact that you know she she uses her abilities to help others right even though it causes you know pain for her right you know being surrounded by painful memories all the time she she's able to reach out to these random three students right that she doesn't really need to help but she reaches out to them and she tries to be friends with them right because she knows what they've been through right and they stick together they're, they're kind of like this little squad you know if you will so it's touching to see this the sort of connection between these characters and to see how this one girl is capable of so much sympathy you know and i think for that reason alone she deserves mad props and respect right so that's why she's my favorite character it's this capacity for sympathy that takigawa has you know and just how you learn how much she cares about others that really touches you and that's the reason why i think that she's my favorite character how about you right, Joe? what about your least favorite character least favorite character um I wouldn't say that I particularly hate any character uh, in here, but um, I don't know. Just like your least favorite character by comparison. Uh, I'd say that like Leonora or Otsuka, they're not bad necessarily. They're just not really noteworthy, right? Because like I said, they don't really show up all that much, right? So they could be interesting characters, but we never know because they don't get much screen time and they don't do a whole lot. They're just kind of there uh, to advance the plot, right? They're like plot devices, so I can't say much about them. Right, yeah, I didn't see much of um, Asuka. And I, I wish I could have seen her more, but she was more like the person who wanted to kick somebody when they were doing something they shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, so Bish, what what were your favorite and least favorite characters? Oh, this is very interesting. I'll start with my least favorite character, um, because there's not much to say on him. It's Subaki. You know, the guy that was uh, frying the tempura? The reason I don't like him is because, you know, he's just there for like one episode. He gets his story in a way, you know, we learn more about him that he likes to fry some tempura when he's depressed. And I don't know. I find it <laughs> yeah, very, it. <laughs> I, I can't relate to him as a character. I can't really, I don't have any, I don't care for him, really. I just felt that he was there as a plot device and he's, he joins the club, but you don't really see him doing anything else. It's just like he's a comic relief. And I really don't like that because there are other characters that can do comedy in a much better way. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I'm actually going to have to agree with you there. Like, that's, I'd say that was my least favorite character too because it's like he had his whole plot. He had his whole, like, episode, and which wasn't really that interesting to. Well, like, he did. Like, his character wasn't really that interesting to begin with. Although it was in like the whole like episode where he had, they had to change the future, which I really enjoyed, but I really hated how he was like it's just very bland in the end. He just kind of joined the club and he was kind of just there. 
He, had, he didn't really do anything to benefit the story. He was as thin as aluminum foil, right? He was really flat as a character. I think the the defining trait of that character is just, you know, Tempura. That, that's it. He's just, I, I think he's that uh, one character, you know, that you typically see in this genre of anime, you know, romantic comedies, and he's just there uh, to make jokes, right? And he's a punching bag for jokes. So yeah, I got, I got to admit though, his his scenes had one of the best quotes in the show, which is just anything but the tempura. No, no, I think that you might, what you meant to say is opai is the best quote in the show. <laughs> oh, that brings opai. me on to my my favorite opai. character, and it is. None other than Miyamura, <laughs> because when when we're introduced to Miyamura, he's like really calm and he's just like, oh, you have to try this out. And, in, you know, he's really willing to, to try out the kissing to just to test if it works. I think that's very nice. I like that. No, I, what I love about him. Oh, actually, I think you can agree with me here is that he's just very subtle with the stuff he that is. is with going out of character. Yeah. And I, I, I love the thing I like is that he's not. He's one of those characters that can easily just break, break character like at any time, you know. Especially with the opai joke, that was hilarious. Oh, and oh, and oh, the fact that he's every time that Yamada switches bodies with uh, Shirashi, he's he's always like, "Oh, let me help you, and let me, let me help you change your clothes, and let me fondle your breasts." That's hilarious to me because it's like, okay, does is he like? doing it as a joke is he serious or maybe he likes yamada no, because he doesn't being show inside when he does it either that's the thing it's it's very odd because you know he, he he looks like he's serious but at the same time it's like you you're like is he joking is he not i and the thing is he's constantly flirting with yamada like this is something i've noticed even when he's not under a spell like it, it's just kind of hilarious and i think i like that it kind of it's unexpected and it lightens up the mood certain times in the anime um, yeah, that's why Miyamura is my favorite character. I also like the name Miyamura. It just comes off the tongue quite quite uh, easily, honestly. I think he's like the bro character in this anime. You know, he's, he's kind of always there, no matter no, what. I, you know, his name is Toranosuke, so he could be one of the broskes. be part of the broske team. I think he the is. Because he is a bro. He's, yeah, he's kind of bro. He's, he's someone I would have as a wingman. You know what I mean? Even if he's just there. He's just a cool guy. Yeah. Alright, so... I'd have to... You know, I'd have to say my favorite character is actually um, Yamada. Because... Because, like, I really liked his growth from being, like, this person who didn't really care about school to somebody who, like, knew all these people and, like, got to know people better. Because if you look at his past, it's really sad. It's, like, why he ended up being a delinquent. It's like it's because he just wanted to fit in and he just couldn't, and then he ended up being betrayed and abandoned. So like he just had nobody to talk with, and he ended up being branded as somebody who was just rude. So like he didn't really ask for the life he had, before like meeting with the supernatural studies club and stuff. I I must admit, um, I was quite skeptical about him at first. Like I said, uh, when I first watched it, you know, during the first five minutes, I was like, uh oh. Is he going to be this, you know, cliche delinquent guy? And I'm really glad that he didn't turn out to be cliche. That really, there are some aspects of his personality that are kind of tropey, but I do like his outspoken nature, right? Like, he gets into fights often, but, you know, he's really outspoken. He will fight for what he believes in, and, you know, he's not going to take your shit, right? He's one of those guys. He's like, he's going to say what he, what he wants to say, and he's not going to take anyone's shit at all. And, you know, 
I guess I just gravitate towards these uh, these protags that are very confident about themselves, right? Because that's something that uh, I look up to, right? It's a trait that I admire. Right. It's, I kind of like that whole like overarching redemption. It's a really it's a really nice thing I like seeing in different kinds of stories. Um, and my least favorite, I kind of agree with Bish. It was um, what was his name again? Sumaki, like, was it pronounced Sumaki? Yeah, it's Subaki. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's like he, he was kind of just there. Like, even um, like even the smaller characters had more time than him, and they were much more interesting than him. To be honest, it's like he was kind of just there to just make expressions. So that's that's pretty much it. I don't really have much much else to say. Um, and now, Kevin. Oh, best I, girls. Is it time already? Ah. Yep, it's that time. Good. It's like Kevin's looking look at his time. watch, and it's, it's like time for a <laughs> best girl debate. All right. Um, sh- should I start or should I be last? What do you guys think? I think we should save the best for last. All right. Although I, I, I do think that uh, you guys already know what I'm going to say, but um, let's start with someone else. Who wants to start? I'll start. I think because I don't really have much to say on Best Girl. Like I wasn't watching this anime to be like, oh, Best Girl is this character. Um, I was watching it mainly for the story. I don't think the characters really deserve the title of Best Girl, but I think one one female character that's kind of gone way beyond for me in terms of Best Girl is uh, I thought. The reason I say that is because, you know, she's just hilarious. She has that, she has the comedy. I like funny girls. I She also has that kind of Chie hairstyle going on. So, you know, I like the bob haircut. So, <laughs> you know, it's because she looks like Chie. You can just say no, that. Not because she looks like Chie. And also because she's just dumb and funny. Like, for when she was, when she swapped with Yamada and the first thing she does is make like finishing moves. I thought that was fucking hilarious. I was dying. Was oh too my much God. going on. I remember on. that. She just went the hallway and then she was like... <laughs> and the fact that she's kind of I don't know like people think she's a liar and she's always spreading things and she's also weird I like I like weird characters so you know because of all of that she is indeed best girl I also like how they they animate her in certain sequences like you know how they do the chibi animations and those ones where they do like the different emotions I like that and and you know it happens to her a lot same with Miyamura. So I can see, you can understand why I like both of those characters, but I would say Ito is best girl. 100%. Alright, so I, I... So Kevin, are you going to go last or do you want me to start? Oh, I just want to comment on, on Bish's best girl. Uh, it's shit. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I completely agree with you, Bish. And um, I don't know if you will get to me here, but I think that the reason that you like Ito, and I think a lot of people can like Ito, is because she's so damn relatable to us, right? Because, you know, uh, or otakus, right? We, we watch anime, we play games, but uh, unfortunately... Otakus? Hmm? We're, we're otakus. Yeah, bro-takus. Uh, and unfortunately... We're weebs. Filthy weebs. weebs. Oh my yeah, god, Kevin. Uh, but just as Bis just pointed out, unfortunately, um, in the West anyway, and actually in, the, in Japan as well, um, people who are into this, who are really into this sort of thing, um, are kind of looked down upon, right? You're kind of dismissed as, you know anti-social or you're you know you're super weird if you if you watch anime right and um ito you can relate to her because she has that same obsession but with supernatural stuff right with aliens and all that and that's so clear in the second episode right where she she shows them all like her collection of stuff which obviously was fake right but she's so passionate about it right and that's something you can relate to and secondly um 
on a darker tone, I guess, you know, she's kind of alone, right? Because everyone thinks that she she lies and stuff and she's kind of shunned. And I guess that can we can relate to that as well as a community because, you know, we're kind of viewed like that by everyone else. Uh, because it's, you know, anime and mug, it's not like gaming, right? It's not quite as mainstream. Or it is mainstream, but it's not as accepted as, say, uh, being uh, a movie buff or a, a game buff, you know? So that's why I think that she's so relatable and so likable. She's See, like your neighborhood friend. For me, I think the character that should have been like that should have been Otsuka. Because she's the president of the anime and manga club. Like, she should have been that character for us to relate to in this way. And they could have used her for that. But, you yeah, know, they kind of just mentioned it. They didn't really mention it again. Yeah, they didn't really mention it. I think they could have went down that route and that would have been perfect. And then she would have been best girl for me. But, you know, Ito has it. Yeah, it would have made it. Yeah. Alright, so for my Abyss Girl, it was a very it was a very tough fight. They were all very very strong candidates and especially Takagawa. Unfortunately, um I had to narrow down to uh Urara. Mic drop. <laughs> so why why is Shirashi? Because to me it seems like oh you just picked the uh, the one that the anime wants you to pick. You know what I mean? Like, because you said you have multiple, so then you, you went, you said it was a hard decision, the, so I wanted like to know was, what was your... No, like, no, that was more of a joke. My real, like, tough decision was between, um, like, Shiraishi and Takigawa, because I really liked Takigawa's story, like, her backstory. But with Shiraishi, I really liked her development, and I really liked how she kind of interacted with Yamada. Because, like, she was very antisocial. She only focused on books, and, like, she didn't really want to, pl- she didn't plan to, like, for, for example, go to college or talk with like make friends so it's like i liked how she kind of because like of yamada and the whole like body switching fiasco like there she was able to become somebody she she could be proud of admittedly though like what you say is completely true joe but at the same time it's kind of like yeah her interactions with yamada are meaningful and there are plenty of them but at the same time i think it's because like uh, the author is setting them up to be like that, right? Like Yamada and Shiraishi, you know, the ship. It's kind of... You, I mean, you know okay, that the author wants I'll it be, to happen. I'll be completely honest. I can't really choose a best girl. She would just kind of be... Like, she kind of just barely wins. Like, it's like... Because... It's like, for example, like, I have, like, more... Like, I really like... Joe, again, being characters. greedy, like, man. He wants all the girls. God damn it, Joe. <laughs> this, um, this voice chat isn't called Joe's Harm for nothing. But like, but yeah, those those are basically my choices. Um, so just to get out of the way, who would you uh, ship? Oh wait, oh wait. Um, I I think we're forgetting something, guys. What? Wow, bish, you're, that's cold. Oh oh oh, we're forgetting your best girl. God, <laughs> no damn one it. really I've cares about you. We know this. You know what? I am so sorry, Kevin. I didn't totally intentionally nonchalantly skip your best girl. See, guys, this is what I have to deal with all the time. I love you, Kevin. Um, Although I think I've made it pretty obvious, and I didn't expect this uh, person to be my best girl, but um, Odagiri. Um, It it just happened, right? Don't ask. I just find that this is kind of like my my sin. It's kind of like... No, no, let me stop you there. Um, You know who she looks like? Who? Who? She looks like that that one from um, the Gashikashi. I forgot her name. Shit. 
<gasps> you know, that's exactly why I thought. That's exactly how I predicted it would be Kevin's girl. She is her. That's what she reminds me of. And it's just like, oh, is that girl from Dagachi Kashi? Yeah. But the reason I'm saying Com- this is my sin, it's my, my guilty pleasure, is because um, this is. She's kind of like Yozora, alright? But in my opinion, oh, she's better. Kinda- Okay. What? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Bish. I'm oh sorry, Oh my Bish, god. But Yuzura, oh, wait, wait, wait. So, quick question. So, why, how come in Haganah you didn't say, oh, you know what, Yozura was my best girl? How because, come you didn't say because that? Because there was Senna. So, there was no, no choice. There was so no choice wait, to be so, made. So, you're Bish. saying if Senna wasn't there, you would have picked Yozura? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't hate Yozura. I'm not Tyson. I'm not, I'm not gonna shit on Yozura. But she's just not. Oh, any, any character shit compared to, you know. Senna, right? I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there. All right. Don't I just feel really disappointed that you saw any trace of Yozora inside Odagiri. Well, they are. No, bitches, she does remind first me of. of all. She they reminds are, they me are of. They are bitches. Yeah. Like if you remember at the introduction, um, Nene, um, she was trying to blackmail Yamada, right? So that's like a dick move right off the bat, right? That's a Yozora move. That's a that's a total like that's a complete Yozora move, right? But the reason I think that she's best girl is her development, right? And you don't. You know, she does kind of act a bitchy after her introduction. That's true. But as the show progresses, you kind of see her evolve, right? And I think the moment that makes this most clear is, uh, I think it's episode 11, all right? Uh, where, you know, she, she doesn't have her memories back yet, right? And the, the president of the club or of the school, uh, he offers her, offers her a deal, right? He corners her and offers her a deal. So it's like, okay, either you can cooperate with me and try to ruin Yamada's plan, you know, so he doesn't uh, get everyone's memories back. And you'll have a chance to, you know, go with Yamada, right? Because she's into him. And this is to her, her advantage because she doesn't have her memories back yet, right? But she refuses this, right? She knows that it'd be in her best interest, right? She has no reason to help Yamada, uh, help Shiraishi get her memories back. But she does it anyway, right? So that just shows how much she's changed, right? She's, she went from, like, fucking blackmailing him to, you know sacrificing her own interests and you know doing just putting one for the team you know yeah no i can i i kind of get what you mean yeah and i also want to state that the thing that makes odagiri different from yosa is that she's actually she can actually charm people oh oh god low blow you smell that something's burning (laughs) i think the bitch's dreams (laughs) what i like about nene is that you know as you mentioned, she does have a lot of character development, mainly the fact that towards the end of the anime, and I think the reason that she makes that choice is because for once in her life, she's kind of made friends and she's charmed people in a way without using her her abilities. So this is kind of, she's making true friendships. And I think that's why she goes to, uh, I forgot his name, Ushio, or I can't even pronounce his name properly. Ushio. But yeah, Ushio. yeah. yeah she, she kisses him and she says, you're free. And he stays there because, you know, he's always loved her. So... It's the same sort of thing here. Like, she's realized that, you know, she doesn't need her powers to, to gain friends. And I think you see her grow to that point, as you mentioned. So I'll agree with you there. But I wouldn't agree about Best Guard, just saying. And, and just also, saying. you know, she's Sundere, which is a plus. And um, oh, you, you just I, like Sundere. I have to say that, you know, um, blushing Nene is blushing Nene. I'm just saying. You know, for some reason, like before we before we even like prepared to watch the show for this recording, I kind of predicted that this would be Kevin's best girl. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I I probably thought I, so as well. I, I'm a simple man. I see short hair. Oh, by I, the way, okay. did, What did you think of that scene? You know, when they went into the future, and then one uh one scene was that you saw her panties, 
And then the oh, others, I and remember. when they changed the future, you saw her her bra. I, I thought that I was thought hilarious. That, I thought, but it's a no, no, typical no, I think, Cinder, no, I think. I think what happened in that scene was that like, there were two separate scenes. There was one where... Yeah, there's two like, separate she, scenes, but... It's in the same episode. One is yeah. when he initially sees the future, and the other one is the alternate future that was well, just no, no, created. Like, no, both, possi- both possibilities happen. Those are two different futures. It's like the first future is him like predicting that her her panties will be shown, and then he, and only Yamada gets slapped. And then the and at the end they show the scene where like her shirt is like kind of like like it's buttoned out, like like her, and then she ends up slapping Yamada. Himself. Ironically. I, I did not like those two things because um, I just found that, I don't know, first of all, fan service, I think, that uh, is a bit kind of nonsensical. Yeah, I was there for comedy, but at the same time, um, that, no, I didn't really like that. No, it was there for fan service, I think. Yeah, I was there for fan service and sort of comedic value. Well, I mean, I want to say it was like seven, like 60% fan service, 20% like showing the future power. <laughs> and 20%. Oh, Joe. You <laughs> sweet summer child. But, um... <laughs> I, the reason I didn't like that is because I was like, oh no, are they just going to turn um, Nene into a trope? Because I do think um, that for like a good, you know, chunk No, I think they the were season, like showing that fan trope-y. service. I think they were kind of showing that fan service for the sake of making a point. Like, I don't think they were trying to like set up a trope for her. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't continue because up until that point, like, uh, if I recall correctly, like during the mid part of the season, she was kind of, you know, there to be the Sundere tropey girl. And uh, I was like, oh, no, is she just going to be that character? You know, that's, that's a punching bag. And I'm glad that she didn't end that way. But, uh, yeah, that's why I didn't like that moment that much. I didn't mind it, but, like, I, I wasn't super enthused about it either. All right. So before we go to the audio and visual component, I need to say this right now. Yeah. What were the ships? You need to tell me. What ships? What is though? OTP with the one true pairing? Um. Well, Bish stated that he has no chips. For me, like, let's be honest here. I'll be surprised if Joe says anything different. But um, in this anime, um, there's not... You don't really have much of a choice. It, at least if you consider Yamada-kun, right? You can't really ship him with anyone but Shiraishi, right? And that's because the author kind of oh, intends that. He intends it to be that way. Or she intends you it know, to be I, that I was, way. I was ready to ship him with Miyamura. Oh my god, Yes. That was the ship. That was the one ship I wanted to say. Miyamura and Yamada. Only because their weird relationship together. It's just like, it's just very funny. Yes. And I just want to no, see no, I them. I feel like, it's like, I would definitely, i definitely ship Yamada and Shiraishi. But like, I, I think like, I think like the other, the other candidate, the other strong candidate was Yamada and Miyamura. And let's and be honest, like their when, relationship was flawless. When he, um, towards the end, when he kind of, um, charmed him. And he was like, oh, let's, instead of going to my house, let's go to somewhere else private. <laughs> yeah. I was dying. I was like, I need this ship to happen. And I'm pretty sure people on Tumblr have written fan fictions oh, and no, it, send me these fan fictions so I can read them. Because that's, I want this certainty. to happen. Like, oh my god. Rule 34, no exceptions, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe we can ask Tyson to write some for us. Tyson only reads them. Because, you know, he's still, even though he's not on the podcast anymore, he's still director of fanfics, and you can go and send him your fanfics. He has no obligation to read them, by the way. He just reads them for pleasure now. He, Yeah, he, <laughs> you know, he's just for fun. But actually, uh, something just came into mind, guys. Um, because, you know, body switching is such a, an important thing in this anime, what do you think of, you know, Shiraishi and Dimada, but, like, them swapped? Because I think that there's nothing more fun, like, nothing funnier than fucking... 
Yamada-kun, but in um, Shiraishi's body. Because Shiraishi's body, yes. Yes, yes really I funny. agree with you. Oh just because the voice is just so hilarious. And, it's like, and just the attitude, right? Because it's so contrasting with how she usually is. Because she, usually she's super calm and like no, reasonable, I, right? I think. I think one of my favorite moments, like in those situations, was like it was it was fan service, but I really it was really funny how it was like fan service while Yamada was in Shirashi's body. It's like when he's like accidentally inside a bath, or when he's like <laughs> when he's just being really perverted and he's just trying to check, or, check himself dude, out. Dude, that moment with um when he's in Shirashi's body and he's with Nene. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you you guys are filthy perverts but my favorite moment hey, was the I one we, where Bish, um, i thought we talked about this but you know what's in my mind every day oh oh that's his that's his motto oh is love oh is is life all right well, Bish, continue what you're gonna say uh, but what i was gonna say is that i actually prefer yamada as shirashi as opposed to shirashi as shirashi do you know what i mean yeah no i actually prefer that in my notes i was like during the first episode i was like all right you know what my best girl might just be Yamada, but in, uh, in Shirashi's body. body. Yeah. You it's know, that's hilarious. That isn't something wrong. There seems to be something wrong to say. I also, I also think that I don't know because it, it provides a lot of opportunities. You learn more about Shiraishi when Yamada is is Shiraishi's body. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's very funny. It's very. It, it's it's quite nice. I also one of my favorite scenes was when. He was, when he he was in Shiraishi's body, he was in the beach, and then he loses the bikini. And then Miyamura, oh the legend that he is, He's is like, like oh, let, let, me, let me help you find it. And it's just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I love Miyamura. It's just it's full circle. Yeah. Um, Alright, so now that we got all those out of the way, I think we should talk about something I really enjoyed in the show, the audio and visual components. Speaking of which, so, though... Like, let's, Let's um, start with the... Oh, you want to say some, Kevin? Yeah, because... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it's just that... I think it's a perfect time to talk about um, the voice acting, actually, because we were talking about, you know, them switching bodies, right? And one of, one of the things I thought oh, while right. watching this anime is that, like, holy fuck, the voice actors must have had a fucking blast doing this anime. Because you think about it, like, should I... You like, know, they get to do right. different personalities, right? So, like, should I, she... Voice actor, you know, would switch from her normal personality to, like super fucking upbeat and like you know intense when um she's voicing yamada right and shiraishi's body yeah no i really gotta commend the voice actors for kind of like sw- changing their voices slightly yeah. in, th- in those transitions it's like they were able to blend it like you kind of like you knew that like there was this character in this body yeah it, i think that they did an excellent job especially when um the character switched bodies i think that the voice actors did a great job it is is not only was it good uh like in terms of audio, but it was also very entertaining, right? Yeah, definitely. In terms, in terms of it, um, as you said, Joe, because you said it, it was kind of like a seamless kind of transition between that. I think they record those separately, those lines. Um, I'm not quite sure, but I would assume so. Um, but one well, thing I wanted to... editing, they did a good job with it. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention about Kevin's point was that, yes, they are very talented voice actors to be doing all these different voices, but I also think... You know, it must have taken, it must have been a lot of strain on them. Do you know what I mean? To effectively, they're voicing, uh, especially, I don't know how to explain it because when each character swaps body, and there's a lot of times where, you know, Miyamura might be in someone else's body and all this kind of stuff. So they might have to do effectively four or five characters. 
you know, as the same character. And it is very difficult because you're you're playing other people's characters as well as your own. Do you see what I mean? So it's, it's very straining on them as well. I agree because um, I would say. this reminds me of this panel I attended at Anime North, right, about voice acting. Uh, and one thing people not, may not realize is that, you know, in this anime, when the voice actors, uh, when they switch characters, and it's not just them, you know, modifying their voice a bit. It's a lot more than that because when you when you voice a different character, not only do you have to modify your voice, you also have to modify, you know, the way you think, right? Because every character thinks differently, right? And this affects, you know, the way they would laugh, or, you know, the way they breathe even. So these tiny little things that make up um, the way a voice actress or a voice actor voices a character. And we have to commend them on the amount of work that they do. They're not professionals for nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I think... Just like Bish said, um, they're not voicing one character. They're effectively voicing, like, what, three or four characters at once, right? Because they have to, you know, modify their voice, but they also, like, you know, uh, adopt different mindsets for every character that they they voice, right? So you have to commend them on that because that's not something that you'd be expected to do uh, in a normal job, right? When you are when you sign up uh, for a role as a voice actor or voice actress, it's usually one role right yeah because like you never like you can't exactly like even with magic you can't change voices like you gotta kind of like because since it's still part of the body they still need to kind of adapt to that so yeah um well voice acting well anything else you guys would like to say about voice acting uh personally not much i think that is you know like i said it was pretty good overall all right so next uh, i'd really like to talk about the opening and ending um, so, like, to start, like, before we talk about that, I want to state the opening name and ending name. So, the opening name is Kuchizuke Diamond by Weaver. And the ending name is called Candy Magic by Mimi Meimei Mimi. And what a name. That's a really cool yeah. name. I would love to that's be called Mimi Meimei Mimi. Really cool Mimi. So, what did you guys think of those, the opening and ending? Right, um, should we start with the opening? Because uh, I have quite a bit to say about that, all right? And I think it's it's, it's interesting because my opinion of it uh, kind of changed with time, all right? At first, I was like, all right, you know what? This is a nice opening, all right? But it's it's kind of, you know, typical. What it's I'd, a what soft expect. opening. Yeah, it, it's kind of what I'd expect of um, any show in this genre, all right? But um, with time, especially, like, during the second half of the season, I found myself getting, you know, more attached to it. I started liking it more and you know eventually during the last uh like three episodes you know during that mini arc uh i just did not skip the opening right because it was it was really nice and i think that not only is the music good but the animation is really good as well i think that only oh, the animation is my favorite part of that opening it's like it's like very smooth it's very like it's how do i describe it it's kind of like you can see the animation kind of moving a bit like you know yeah one thing I have to say about it is that I really love the music and that's I usually like to skip openings. Um, I didn't skip this once. The one thing I found confusing initially when I watched it was obviously you see the uh, the witch's hat being used and I was like, oh, okay, cool. We might. It, it kind of gave me a different impression of the anime before I actually kind of watched the anime in, in full. Do you see what I, I mean? I think it was more symbolic. It's symbolic, yeah, I know, but watching this first time, especially the first time watching the the intro, it's 
I don't know, it's it's like misleading in a way. Like I thought it was going to go down that kind of Harry Potter route of wizards and stuff. But, you know, I, I can see why they did it because, you know, it, they got witches in the name. I understand that. But I, I, th I felt it was kind of confusing at first. But towards the end, I didn't really matter about it. But in terms of the music and and the art style and all that kind of stuff, I really agree with you guys. It's, it's top notch. In terms of not only the animation, I think the art style, uh, I probably need someone to confirm this, but I, if I remember correctly, uh, the art for the opening, the colors are a bit lighter than the, in the actual anime. If yeah, I'm not it's very flat. Like it's not like popping out in yeah. front of you. It's kind of like and I, each color. Yeah, yeah, and I really like that because it gives us um, this feel like as if uh, you know the opening was kind of painted, you know, in a watercolor. Yeah, it was like painted, hand drawn, yeah. stuff like that. It's like it, it worked. It worked very well. Like, the... I agree with you with everything, Kevin. Mm -hmm. How about the ending, guys? The ending, actually, here's like, I didn't hate it, but it's something that just kind of bothered me after a while. It's like, it just felt, it just sounded very repetitive. Like, it wasn't like, I commend the artist, like, she did a fantastic job, but, like, it's not really the kind of thing I'd want to listen to every time. It's like it's not something I really focused on when I like I played the ending. I didn't really, I didn't skip it, but I didn't like pay attention to it either. I have to agree with you there. I mean, opening and endings are they're, they're different beasts, and I have to say that unlike the opening, which kind of grew on me with time, it wasn't really the case with the, with the ending. I don't think it was bad. It was just nothing noteworthy, and. With the opening, I find that I tend to be a bit more uh, like generous with the opening because you know you're you're bound to watch it a lot more than the the ending right because it's it's at the beginning of the episode yeah right? so it's a it's the song that kind of like hypes you up exactly whereas the opening or sorry whereas the ending um the only time where you know i really stay and listen to the ending is if like it immediately hooks you and that's something that's hard to do right because not all songs hook you in from the start unfortunately thus this wasn't the case with madoka like again it's not bad but it's not good enough uh, like I wouldn't download this for example in terms of the ending I do have to agree with you there Kevin like it's not something I would download and to be honest I skipped pretty much all the endings apart from one um, it's it doesn't get you hooked and I think sometimes it is kind of inappropriate you want that especially when it's like a dramatic moment and it ends on a cliffhanger you really want the ending to reflect what's going on in the anime well, I mean, especially either the that last or you gotta just skip the ending entirely but it's, it's just like the ending seemed too kind of fluffy for me I, I don't think that's the right adjective to use but it kind of felt like that and it, it just felt inappropriate especially when there was dramatic scenes just before that maybe five minutes before that yeah like for the opening it can be fluffy right because that's fine because that, that matches the tone of the anime right and it, like Joe says it, it hypes you up it prepares you it puts you in the mental state to get ready to watch but uh I think what you said is really true, right? It's kind of like inappropriate. It's kind of out of place, especially in the last few episodes where things get very dramatic and very intense, right? Where, you know, he, he doesn't know whether he's going to be able to get anyone's memories back, right? And it's only cuts to this, you know, this really calm and happy song. So it doesn't really fit with the mood at the end. Yeah, like I, I agree with you. I agree with you in that um, sense. Um, anything else you guys would like to say? Um, alright, and finally, the, the OST. Like, what do you guys think of the sound design or the effects? 
Um, I would have to say I I liked the um, the like the soundtrack that was going on in the background, especially when they were calculating things. There was like this electronic music going on, kind of reminded me of Back and Test, how they had the. It reminded me of that of Back and Test, and then you had that kind of. Dynasty Warriors heavy metal kind of thing going on for the fight scenes which really got me hyped up and I was like yeah fuck yeah you might have win man yeah do you know what I mean I love that I gotta say I love the OST for this like the heavy metal was what sold it for me it's like every time to get into a serious moment or like the, like it was very silly very violent it's like the kind of it's like you know what you like you want like the you want the antagonist to just get beaten uh, this is kind of funny you know because you know Joe, earlier you were like, what, Bish, your favorite moments in a romantic comedy are the fight scenes, right? And now you're like, oh yeah, my, my favorite music in this romantic comedy is the heavy metal. You know, it's kind of, it's not something that you'd expect. Well, I mean, it, but no, it's like, I still, like, I didn't, like I said, I didn't really expect him to, like, to kind of say something like that as his favorite moment. But, like, I do, I do agree that they were pretty amusing to see. So, like, so yeah, the music was a nice touch. And, like, it, the music was fitting for each moment. It's like it wasn't. There wasn't something that just felt out of place, in my opinion. It's like if it was a sad moment, you'd have this like kind of sad music or like this kind of calm music. But like when it's very intense, it's like it kind of speeds up or like it gets or you have the heavy metal, like I said before. I agree with you there. Uh, for the OST of Yamada-kun, I f- I don't know. I find that it it gets the job done. I I'll give it that much. Uh, you know, I'll I'll say what about. I'll say the same thing that I said for Hagenai's OST, and that, you know, it gets job done. It, it's kind of generic, yes, but, you know, it does what it needs to do. Uh, would I, you know, listen to this over and over? Not really. Like, perhaps the, the metal music during the fight scenes, because that was quite funny and it really matched the mood. But other than that, um, I found that the music was is okay. Right? It wasn't tear-inducing or anything, but it wasn't bad either, right? Yeah, fair enough. Um, and anything else? Like, anything else you maybe maybe didn't like or didn't like about the sounds or, like, the music, the opening ending? Something else you want to say? Not really. I, I think that in terms of sound effects and stuff, it's uh, it's pretty standard. Nothing mm. noted in particular. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, like, speaking of, speaking of style, um, like, we talked about it before, like, the visual component of it. Like, the animation, the art style, like... Like anything else you guys want to say about that? Uh, not really. But uh, I, I think that, like we said before, it it's pretty standard, and uh, it's not bad, not not great. But at the same time, like we said, there's that kind of that mini issue with the fact that certain characters looked a bit too similar. Other than that, I don't think there's I don't think there's not anything um, that we haven't said already. Um, one thing that I have to say is it just it's a really quick point is that the fight scenes are really well animated and i think it's because this studio has good kind of experience with fight scenes because you know they've done the arslan anime probably i think arslan was probably after this but i'm not sure but you can tell that they know how to do a lot of violent kind of fights and the way that you have like that wind kind of kind of protruding from like the punches and stuff like that it was very kind of dragon ball z one punch man kind of esque i like that I already did, so that's all I have to say in terms of the art style and animation. Hmm, see. Alright, and now it kind of looks like we're closing up soon, so, like, let's talk about our final thoughts, like, maybe gripes and grumbles. 
or yeah, final thoughts like pros, cons, gripes and grumbles, such. Yeah, uh, in terms of gripes and grumbles, I don't really have much. One being that it's poorly paced. And right, that is one of the things I can agree with. It's it's not. I don't really want it to be a longer anime, to be honest, because I I think they, there's two ways of doing it. They could have done it a longer anime and kind of included a second season's worth of content within it. You mean like a second core? It, yeah, like a second core. Um, or they could have just kind of made this at least maybe 15 episodes i think an extra two episodes really would have helped especially when you know when we're introduced to new characters and kind of fleshing out those plot points because i felt that it, it kind of hurt the the character development especially I on so. some characters but i guess like it's more like a budget thing where like you can kind of either do 20 you know you know what i think it episodes. is and i'll be real with you yamada-kun is a very popular kind of manga series and they did a live action and it didn't do t- too well and right. I think that might well, to be have honest, hurt the reputation of, of the animation. Do, really well. do you see what I mean? Yeah. So I think they, they weren't going to take risks. Especially if, if the live action didn't do so well. Maybe they might have thought that people weren't going to watch it, etc. So. Yeah. I mean, well, for what they did, it wasn't too bad. It's just I wish oh, the yeah, pacing was better. Yeah, it's not, it's not horrible pacing. Uh, in terms of my grabs and grumbles, I have to agree with the Bish. Basically, he got it spot on. My two uh, grabs and grumbles here are they go hand in hand with each other, really. Uh, one affects the other. Uh, and that's pacing and character development, right? Mostly pacing, because uh, character development, there, there wouldn't be a problem with character development, like I said many times, you know, with these later characters having li- very little to no screen time uh, and development uh, because of the way the thing is paced, right? Uh, there's just... I'm not bashing on this format, you know, with this one witch, one episode thing, but because it's tried and true, it's, it's been done before, right? It's not horrible, but unfortunately in this case, I do think that it does hurt some of the secondary characters. The main cast, I think, was strong, but some of the secondary characters, um, you don't really get to know them all that well, right? And perhaps you do get to know them in the, in the manga, but within the 12 episodes, um, like Leonora and the characters in the end, the last two witches, the Amnesia Witch and uh, the witch that can be invisible, you, you learn nearly nothing about them, right? And you don't have time to build any connections. Well, with I mean, them. with with um, with Sionji, I feel like she had a lot of development with those three or four episodes, yeah, honestly. Th- they did what they could, but even then, I think that she, she would have benefited from more screen time. And you know, like Bish said... Uh, this is an issue, perhaps, with length, although I don't want to go overkill on this, because I do think that, you know, in past episodes, uh, we, we've said this quite a lot, and I don't think that extending the length is always, you know, the go-to solution for everything. Um, you know, 15 episodes would probably would have helped, but another angle to look at this is that, um, especially if you look at Haganai, you know, which is also a work that's based on, you know, a written work, uh, Perhaps they just did not have enough material for, you know, a second core or, you know... No, I disagree with this. Because the anime goes on um, after... Sorry, the manga goes and continues after, you know, when they when they lose their powers. And there's actually a lot... If you look at the wiki, there's tons and tons of characters who actually are considered witches. And then you get introduction of male witches and stuff like that. And you get the introduction of all of these characters that happen past past the end of the animation so there is enough content to make a second season or indeed a second core i don't think a second core would have worked but i think a second season 
would possibly be in the works, but you know, what I want to see now that we're now that we're talking about um second seasons, I'd like to bring that to our next topic. Uh, would you guys want to see a second season? I'll I'll continue from my point here. Like, I think. A second season at the moment, it doesn't make sense. I, I think mainly for people who have read the manga and want to see this in an anime format, that would be awesome. But I think it's that if if we haven't read the manga and we're just watching the anime, I think for me, the ending felt that, it, that there isn't going to be a second season. And if you haven't read the manga, you wouldn't have known that there is extra content and you wouldn't have known that there are more characters. For me, I just read this now about the manga, so... When I initially ended watching it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. They've lost their powers. That's the end of the story. You know, they've lived happily ever after. Done. For an, for an anime, it's a good it's a good conclusion. Yeah, it was a good conclusion. But in terms of second season, they yeah. can do a second season. But I felt that the anime has its closure. So I wouldn't want to see a second season on that. Right, I agree. Uh, I, know, to- I wish I would see more, though. Like, I, Though yeah. I am curious about what they could do with more seasons. Uh, I don't know whether I want a second season. If there is a second season, I'd definitely put it on my watch list, right? Sorry about that. I'm just waiting for the the sound to clear up. Yeah, so if there is a second season, I'd definitely watch it. Uh, From what I've read, though, I did do a bit of searching online, uh, you know, as to whether or not there will be a second season. And the general consensus that I find is that, you know, uh, they'll probably wait for, uh, you know, the manga to continue with more material, right? Uh, and, you know, if it get, gets enough success and there's enough interest uh, for a second season, it'll probably happen, right? That's how things work in the anime industry. If there's enough interest and there's potential for profit, it'll happen. If not, then it'll probably not Right. Happen. In the end, it's all about demand. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, the anime industry, you know, it's art, but first and foremost, before art, it is a business, right? And, you know, businesses that don't make money don't last so that's unfortunately that's how things are and um on this topic actually of second seasons uh i know we don't talk about this often but i was wondering if you haven't already uh do you think that uh this anime adaptation uh after having seen it are you motivated to go check out the manga not read the entire thing but at least you know check it out yes well, I mean, I've I've read kind of read the manga first, so I can't really answer that. But I would want to continue it after watching what I saw. I I think for me, I'm not really an avid manga reader because I don't really have time to. I also don't like the because you know with anime you kind of get the visual component, the audio, that kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's a a compelling story, and considering that I don't want to see a second season, I would pick up the manga roughly where the the anime ended and just continue reading from there like i wouldn't buy the manga from the beginning and then read that and you know i would just continue from where it left off and i want to see what happens to yamato you know without his powers and and all these other characters and especially uh um aito just saying now personally i think that uh the anime did quite a good job uh at you know selling the manga because at the end of the day if you think about it uh the purpose of an anime adaptation is to promote the original work, right? And I think they did a great job of that here, you know, with the voice acting, the comedic moments. I think that uh, the anime or the manga was pretty well represented. Now. Well, I mean, I if, it, am- if it gives me the feeling of, like, wanting to read the manga after yeah. watching it, then it's doing what it needs to do. Exactly. And I think that uh, the, the anime has done exactly that. 
Yeah. Um, so, kind of like to wrap this up. On a scale of 1 to 10 Yakisoba bread rolls, how would you rate this anime? Um, I'm not going to use your scale, Joe, because, you know, I don't conform to to that. But I would say I would recommend this. I would recommend this to a friend. I think this is a really great anime, like, for people who are just getting into anime. Because it has all the great bits of what an anime should be. You know, it's got comedy, it's got action, it's got the romance. It's also got um, just the sci-fi, not sci-fi, sorry. It's got the supernatural element towards it. And it's got time travel as well. And it's got, the powers lends itself for a lot of opportunities within anime. And it allows it to explore a lot of routes. So I think anyone who's new to anime, it's a great way of getting your, dipping your toe in the water, as they say. So I, I would really recommend this to someone who's just getting into anime. Yes, it's it's very nice. It's very charming. Like very charming, very romantic, very funny. Mm. Well, I would definitely recommend this to any fans of, you know, anyone who likes to watch uh, rom-coms, right? Because this is I think a very solid example of that genre. And you know, it reminds me a lot of Hagnai, like I've said so many times, right? So, uh, if you're new to anime or just new to this genre, uh, this would be a good place to start, right? Because it, it, it encompasses quite a lot, right? It has, like Bish said, lots of good comedic moments, uh, action, and there's lots of potential to ship as well. So it's a great introduction <laughs> to... <laughs> yeah, it's a great introduction to the, the harem slash rom-com genre. Right. Any, th- any final thoughts? No, that's it. Oh, bye. That's it? Oh right. <laughs> oh bye. Oh bye. That's all, oh, folks. <laughs> yep. Oh bye. Yep. And that. So yeah, that was uh, that was Yamada-kun. Yamada-kun, the Sound of Witches. Yeah, and the next episode of Get Life Podcast Kunai is a very interesting one because it's a fan suggestion. Someone sent us a suggestion via email. Very much thanks to them. We're not going to give them a shout out, of course, because they asked to remain anonymous. But um. It's it's basically it's Excel World. So Excel World is an anime written by the same not sorry, it's an anime adaptation of a light novel written by the same person who wrote Sword Art Online. And it was released in the same year as Sword Art Online in terms of anime. So that might be interesting. Yeah, it's an anime that obviously has a lot of history with me and I haven't quite finished it yet, so we'll see how it goes. You know, I've had my had my eye on it for a long time, so it's going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, well, it'll be really interesting. So that will be the next episode of Kunai. It's something new that we're doing at the moment, obviously, because we have a free anime slot. So we're dedicating those slots to your suggestions. So remember, if you guys have any suggestions, you can tweet at us at G-A-L-P Kunai. And you can send us an email at G-A-L-P.P-E-A at gmail.com. Yeah. And if you want to talk with us, if you want to talk with us directly, like if you if you loved us, you hated us, you want to kill us, um, you can tweet at us at our Twitter handles. Um, so you guys want to say your Twitter handles to the lovely crowd? Yeah, mine is at Get Life Podcast as always. Yep, mine's at the Tempest Phoenix. Phoenix spelled F E N I X because I'm too cool for grammar. And uh, yeah, remember, do not forget the capitalization in front of each word or I will not read your tweet no just kidding <laughs> oh and mine is Kibo Gamer 
um, Kibo as in hope in Japanese. To represent my uh, never-ending love for the Danganronpa series. Um, but yeah, that was Yamadoka, and I hope you guys enjoyed. And until next time, uh, this is farewell. So yeah, this is the end of the episode. Usually we have bloopers, but we haven't been doing that for the past couple of episodes. My apologies, I'm the one that's editing, so forgive me on that one. Um, but we do have a special announcement, and that what that is, is that Crunchyroll has... Effectively, they've sponsored the podcast, specifically Kunai. What that means, is any content going to change? No. It just means that you guys are going to get more awesomer content, if that's even a word, because obviously we're going to be supporting the legal streaming of anime, and hopefully you can as well by going on to www.crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai for your 14-day free trial of premium Crunchyroll. And I believe Joe's going to tell you what you get in that that free trial. If you subscribe to Crunchyroll, you get access to, I think it's like 2,500, over 2,500 anime titles from like older classics like One Piece and Naruto to to more recent editions like Jota's Adventure and ReZero. Shows that I really enjoy. Shows that I like, like JoJo is something I've waited every Friday for. Like you have no idea how painful it is to just wait an entire week to find out what happens next. But yeah, like if you're a Crunchyroll, if you're a Crunchyroll subscriber, then you get all that. And it's all ad-free. Now, also, Crunchyroll Premium members get access to a manga library, which includes many, many titles. In fact, Yamada-kun, you know, we were talking on this episode how we want a second season, right? But after listening to this episode, of course, if you want to check out Yamada-kun's manga, it's available on Crunchyroll, among many other titles, such as Fairy Tale and Real Life, even. And Kizna, as well. And Kizna. And you can read these on the mobile app, so on your phone, the tablet's tablet so on the way to you know work or school so it's really great mm. uh, this is a this is a lovely thing about Crunchyroll. you know if you're late for school and you got that toast in your in your mouth running for the bus <laughs> you can be reading some manga or you can be watching some shoujo anime on Crunchyroll. not just anime you can watch dramas as well there's a lot of j dramas on and i, th- I believe k dramas as well on Crunchyroll. i haven't been watching them but obviously i'm a big fan of it i'm hoping that there is a lot more that have been added to that but you know, there's a lot of anime on there. Toradora is on Crunchyroll as well. One of my favorite animes. Just saying. I think also this is a great opportunity for you guys because if you want to kind of join in on our discussions, you know, once we announce a different episode and that anime is on Crunchyroll, just go to crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai and you can join in on the fun. You know, that two week trial, you can marathon a bunch of shows and kind of keep up to date with what we are doing on kunai and you know, talk to us on our Twitter page and be like, Bish, you know, I think your waifu is not the best, but I agree with Kevin's waifu. (laughs) Just like Bish said, the best part is that, you know, if you have Crunchyroll or whether or not you have a subscription, since uh, anime on Crunchyroll usually comes up, you know, as soon as as an hour after the simulcast in Japan, and we'll be tweeting on our accounts and on the Kunai account, right? So you can be keeping up with Crunchyroll and sharing your thoughts with friends and with us on Twitter.
you know, that's enough about, you know, explaining what Crunchyroll is. You guys should know by now. It's one of, I think, to be honest, it's one of the biggest and best anime experiences out there. You know, everyone and their dog has Crunchyroll. It's just a great overall experience. You know, I know I love using the app. I love, you know, reading the manga at nighttime and stuff like that. You know, I've recently gotten into manga because of the Crunchyroll uh, service. In addition to that, I just want to extend a thank you to everyone at Crunchyroll, all the people that have been doing stuff behind the scenes to make this happen uh thank you also for having faith in us and having a belief in us that you know and also being excited for us as well so i'm really happy to see where this goes and you know thanks crunchyroll yeah um so like i said it won't change any of our content it will just help us to produce better content for you guys as well there you go hope you guys have enjoyed this episode and hope you guys have enjoyed this announcement as well i know it was pretty sudden but you know it's a pretty big deal though (laughs) It is a pretty big deal, and you know we're all excited about it. We just found out recently. I don't know what. Do you, what do you guys think? What do you? Are you guys excited? Honestly, this is like a dream come true, and I, I think for the fans, what you guys should take away from all of this is you know it's like a fork in the road. This opens up many many doors for the podcast, and we can bring all sorts of different content for you listeners, right? So. Thank you to everyone at Control who made this possible, and also thank you to you fans because without you know your support. Yeah, the guys at Country are pretty awesome, and I'm glad we'll be able to work with them. Like as like as their spon, how what would you call a person who's like a sponsee? Are are we effectively spo- a sponsory? I don't know what the word is. Crunchyroll, if you're listening, which you probably are, tell us what the right word is. But what is the right word? Kohai. <laughs> Kohai. Yes. Well, no, I think we're we're effectively Crunchyroll's Kohais, and they are the senpais. Oh, oh that's God. amazing. <laughs> that's so cool now. Anyway, I think that's it. I don't think we need to say any more than that. Keep up to date with our Twitter pages. As always, I'm not going to repeat them again because we've mentioned them like five million times. Also, keep up to date with Crunchyroll. 